When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Base Impact podcast and uh, video cast, um, where we're going to be talking to some legends from the bass music scene, uh, from drummer bass, jungle, dubstep. And first of all, we're concentrating on some of the artists from Suburban Bass Records, my own record label, great friends, lots of history there, great catching up with them. Someone that the sub-bass uh, fans and followers have been wanting to hear from is Dave Nods, AKA uh, the Noise of Art. Um, Nods was the guy that did all the artwork and, um, and designed the iconic SB logo and the artwork on those, um, those early, uh, very collectible sub-bass record sleeves. We caught up recently. We said we was gonna do this, something for the fans, something for the followers, friends of Suburban Bass, and, and have a chat and, and let you hear from him. So, Nods. Good. You all right, guys? <laughs> you all right, guys? That's too bad. That reminds me of Andy, Andy C. <laughs> I know. It was. That was his catchphrase. He used to walk in the top on a Saturday, and it'd be, all right, guys? <laughs> all right, Andy. As soon as you so, said that. Yeah. Yeah. Good boy, Andy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we, we knew Andy from... He used to come in in his school uniform. That's how long we've known Andy, right? And, yeah, yeah. Um, and Boogie Time Records, and that's where we met a lot of our circle of friends and, and, and yeah. people working with. Tell yeah. us about the first time you came into Boogie Times, because and the first time we met. Yeah, what well, first time I came in? Because uh, obviously I'm from Romford, and as you do, just wandering around on a Saturday probably, and I happened to see the sub-base pre-shop, I suppose you'd call it, uh, with a sign in the window saying record shop opening soon. I was like, oh, brilliant, because previous to that, the only really sort of places you could get music in Romford was either Our Price, which were just starting to catch on to house music, or get, go down to Sounds Familiar and get your, you know, your secondhand, you know, trying to find old hip-hop acapellas and stuff like that. So I was thinking, great, you know, about time. And this was this was probably, it must have been what mid ninety, you think? What you probably have a better idea. No, I, when I first opened up, it was eighty nine. So if you, yeah, if you saw yeah. this shop before we opened the doors, that would have been eighty nine. Yeah. We're going back away. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So so that was that was the buzz really thinking, oh, brilliant, because we didn't have we didn't want to have to keep going into. At the time, I was on YTS. People her age probably remember that. Yeah, YTS was called, it was um, short for the Youth Training Scheme, which was a scheme where uh, they tried to combine work experience with with um, actually getting some sort of wage. Uh, so this would have been around yeah 88, 89. So what you did was because I just left school, uh, you would have you would have a placement where a company would give you work experience. And they pay you a minimum wage 
because uh, I remember as well, <laughs> this is how long ago it was. I used to get 30 quid a week. I used to get my travel card paid for, which was all your buses, all your tubes, all your trains. And this is how long ago it was. For all buses, all trains, all tubes around all of London, it was 30 quid <laughs> for a month. Wow. So that's what, that's what allowed you to get to Romford Town Centre. We didn't get down the road for that. But, and also, you'd, I used to get three quid a day luncheon vouchers. So... My, and, and my placement was on a, which was um, a graphic design course for two years. Uh, so, and it was around Soho. So it was brilliant for, for vinyl people because you had all your sort of reckless places like that all around Soho Market, yeah. uh, Unity, uh, not Black, I don't know if Black Market had opened yet, that but there was a right. That early. Yeah, yeah. concentration of, of that set uh, burgeoning scene you know uh, and my placement was actually right opposite Carnaby Street and, and I can remember just seeing all the smiley t-shirts in shops thinking what's that all about and it was you know and very early and yeah. Mates, yeah and and on, on my course was a we were a few graffiti artists um, and, and I'd never done anything like up to the up to that point so we got talking and they were into sort of public enemy. This was around sort of 80, 88. So they were big then. Uh, and, you, and you're sort of old school stuff. And, and um, a couple of them were uh, from sort of uh, around London, but they were sort of people that used to get up, used to paint trains and everything. I never had the bollocks to do it. <laughs> but I used to give them outlines and say, go on, you know, you can have that, whatever. Um, and it was at that time that the music just started changing. House music was coming in. And if you were into hip hop, if you were a B-boy or whatever, had my name belt and everything. Yeah. You know, used to go down to a place called Four Star General in Carnaby Street, yeah. which you, you, like MC Duke was like a walking advert for them. You'd have your goose jackets and your kazals yeah. and all that stuff. It's like, so, actually, saying that, just before I got on this call, MC Duke just uh, sent me a friend request on Facebook. <laughs> So it's nice catching no, up with not. everybody. Yeah, funny that. Can't beat yeah. the system. <laughs> but, yeah, but, yeah, but as I said, the hip hop scene was great, but it house had just started to come in. And at the time, you couldn't like both. Like, I remember I had a, a cassette yeah. of, of Slam, Future, which was just, you know, obviously just mad 303. And they were all like, can't listen to that, yeah. <laughs> you know? You can't listen to that. Yeah. But then, as as the music progressed and breakbeat started coming in, then it was different. Yeah. You know, then it was all of a sudden it was acceptable. A little bit more of a. Um, what we were doing was more street, wasn't it? it had that kind of hip hop yeah. sensibility and like yeah. Yeah. Well, it well it had all of those elements, didn't it? It had your dub, it had your hip hop. Yeah. It had house techno. It, it, it was a mishmash of everything, and, and the best thing about it was it was properly English. It was we, it was ours. We'd taken bits from, you know, all genres, whatever countries, and made a, a, an English sound, a British sound. Yeah. And and so rewind back to the start of the, the shot. I was still on on um, getting these placements uh, around the city, and I had my portfolio with me. And I remember coming into the shop, mm -hmm. and uh, and showing you some stuff. Just saying, oh, you know, these are just bits. And it was all sort of like semi-graph kind of thing. Yeah. I remember, and, and I, just, I, thought, I thought you'd just been to a job interview or something. You'd been, yeah. uh, 
or maybe you yeah. in a college or something and you had your portfolio yeah. with you. Yeah, because what it was, around that time, I was renting uh, a studio uh, in uh, Gidea Park. But they, ju I just used to pay them like a couple of quid a week and they'd let me use, uh, have a corner of their office and I, I, I had access to their printing machines. Mm -hmm. uh, and at the time I was doing some, just like one-off flyers and things and using their stuff. Um, so when, um, when I came into the shop, I, I just said, you know, let us... I'll do your t-shirt yeah. and you'd said like, you know we're only doing like minimum I think it was a hundred at a time yeah and I'd already noticed people in Romford walking around and I'm thinking you know yeah what's this Boogie Times place because you had a, I think you had a t-shirt before mine which is the one with the the, the, the character with the big we eye had the, we had the character that um the, like was it Czech and Keen did the did yeah the yeah. Thing. yeah yeah I remember seeing all everything painted and thinking oh I, oh, I like that <laughs> Uh, and coming into the shop, um, just as you did, just flicking through. Uh, and house are just, you know, that the, the rave scene, I suppose you'd call it, are just starting to to be worth buying. I never bought, you know, anything like that till uh, till I would say sort of eighty nine. Uh, so it just it was it just hit at the right time. Yeah. And I think that doesn't just that's not just for me or for you, but for the whole scene, everything just seemed to click. Yeah. I think we needed it as well, you know. It's just like there was a, there was a unity and a coming together at that time as well, wasn't there? And then yeah. what we did musically, there was no rules to it. We could then just expand it and, and go in whatever yeah. direction we wanted, you know. Yeah. Well, as I, I, I remember an early interview of yours uh, when you were saying about we're, we're taking on the majors and we're doing, you know, and they're the ones playing catch up because they were, you know, companies like FFRR and stuff. They were just thinking, well, we've got to get in on this. Who's hot right now? Yeah. Well, sign them up, sign them up. Yeah. We had the, the luxury, I think, of being able to do both. We could hit them on both fronts. We could do, yeah. give them stuff that you know is going to get played. And you know, Steve Jackson and people like that would play. But at the same time, we'd still be putting out, you know, uh, dubs and stuff. that Experimental and stuff, almost. Details. Yeah, it was almost yeah. experimental. I mean, I, so, Suburban Base got to the point where it was big enough that like, we could we could chart stuff and and kind of get stuff out to a big enough audience, but still do mm. stuff that was like pushing and a little bit experimental within there as well, you know. So yeah. it's a good place to yeah. be. I remember you coming in. I remember you coming in and then like having a look through that book, and this was before mm. Suburban Base, and we we had um, we were just doing some white labels just to have some exclusive stuff in the shop, and we were trying yeah. to come by that time. When we was coming up with the logo and the name, mm. we were already friends, and you was already hanging about in the shop quite regularly. By that, yeah, time. I can remember the day we we came up with it. Tell, tell us about coming up with the logo because that logo yeah, yeah. for a lot of people is absolutely iconic. You know the way we come up. With, I remember the first sketches you did of it, and there was a few variations of it, and then we went, okay, that one, and uh, now yeah. you see people with that like tattooed on their bodies. Did you know? Um, I've, I've got the. Um, you know the spray can, which was a very popular T-shirt back in the day. You know I've got yeah. that tattoo. I've had that on my arm for like twenty years or something. Do you know what I mean? I've had that there. Yeah, that's that's great. That spray can. That's classic. That's great. That is. I uh, actually, why uh, on the subject, there may be some new ones to be coming out, spray can related. There may be. Sub sub base right. sort of exclusive, perhaps. Well, let's let's tell the. Uh, 
the friends and followers <laughs> of Suburban Base that we have had a chat a little while ago, and yep. um, and yep. and you said that you were maybe going to work on something very, yeah. very exclusive, limited, limited numbers with with that kind of old school sub bass feel. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we've been seeing demand for some re-releases of some of the merch, but an exclusive nods. Yeah, well, I said a lot of people ask me, and, and it does, you probably know as well, that that spray can thing seems to be quite popular. It's gone so it's a variation on, so there's, there's actually two. Okay. And they're going to be black t-shirts, which I think always look the best, especially for us chubby people. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> all right. And um, and we're hoping we'll make this into t-shirts or artwork. Yeah, something. Yeah, so, and, and maybe posters if people want. And we do. I get a lot of I get a lot of people asking me for stuff, and I'm like, look, you can't ask me for sub base designs because it's down to Dan. Yeah. And thankfully, you know, we're, there, there seems to be. Uh, uh, a demand for that kind of yeah. stuff, and I, I still we think they look these, nice. We can put these in the subbase store as a collaboration, and then people yeah, yeah. go out and find it from you, wouldn't they? We had a very strong, bold look with that—that that monochrome look, very yeah, recognisable yeah. as subbase, and and yeah. I think that's why that's people really got into the label because we always had like. A quality control and attention to detail. It was just like, yeah. you know, other other people at that time were still doing white labels and yeah. stamping records and stuff. I think it's always important in, in, in anything, you'd know, as you know, movies and stuff. But to have a brand recognition, you're, you're halfway there, and especially with that at, at the time, uh, you know, you could go to raves and there wasn't a lot of merch. You know, maybe a couple of record shops had their own T-shirt, but labels really didn't bother. We had you're a very strong advert. look. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're a walking advert. So if you go somewhere and you see a sub-bass T-shirt, it goes without saying. It was the best thing. It's, it's like with the music, and obviously I've done bits of music as well, but the buzz with that is hearing your track out for the first time or on the radio. But the buzz seeing, yourself, seeing someone wear something that you've done is just the same. You know, right. you don't want to go up to them and go, I did that. But, you know, it, at the same time, it, it, it does give you a buzz, especially when, you you know, you go to raves and you see shit loads of sub-bass jackets or hats or whatever bags. Do you remember yeah. the big bloody, the big um, paper boy bags, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, we were, we were one, of, one of the first that really, you know, did merchandise in a big way and I think mm. a lot of people kind of followed suit we was like very yeah. professional about it and i think it's because yeah. the imagery of the label i mean i just instinctively knew like i, I don't even know where it come from but from a marketing point of view having a look mm. consistent style yeah. and that quality and stuff like that and then yeah. you you had such a strong look in in like your design it was very sort of like you know mm. 2000 ad comic book style mashed with like graffiti yeah. And that, yeah. that was our sensibilities, you know, me yeah. and Danny Brakes and Winston yourself, we were all kind of hip hop heads yeah. coming into this exactly. rave yeah. thing. It was, actual, it was a natural progression from that scene. You know, anyone of our age started out with electro and then went into hip hop and then went into house. Yeah. And then drum and bass or whatever you'd call it, jungle, yeah. whatever name you want to give it. Well, at that, it was point, a natural progression. at that point, we were part of progressing 
that into that sound, you know, because when we yeah. started, there was no drum and bass or jungle. It was like, you know, it, no, was, it was rave. It was just rave. And then we developed yeah. all these sounds, didn't it? You know? Yeah. Tell us it, about it, your it, music. Well, um, I'd always been sort of hung around the studio with other people doing their stuff, you know? Yeah. I'd sit in there and just watch Austin or Danny or, or Jada Cruz and people and, and just sit there thinking, Oh, I want to do that. I could do that. I know all the samples. I can. I do that. I could do that. Yeah. And um, it was it was just a case of giving it a go. Uh, and and when you think of what, because uh, I'm only just invested in logic, and some of the stuff you can do is amazing considering what we had back then, uh, and the sound that we got out of that limited equipment as well, whether yeah. it was Mike or Austin. I think there's a photo. I think you've probably got it of Austin in the studio. Yeah. Uh, um. With just you know, Cubase, uh, I think um, a JD800, I think an S950, a couple of effects modules, yeah. and that was it. Was it Akai <laughs> Sampler, Atari computer, and that was it. There's not not a lot yeah. to. I mean, the technology, you know, like ten seconds sample desk, time. I yeah, I think we had a desk. Did did have, did have a sixteen yeah. track desk? I think. And it, yeah, as it's S950, and then upgraded to a thousand. A couple of effects. I think it was a JD800 that he had. We had a few keyboards. We had an SH101. Do you remember the guitar one? Yeah, with the, with the, modu <laughs> with the modulation grip. Yeah, I remember playing that on, um, when we did when we did the states. We was doing the PAs. Yeah, we were jumping around on the stage with that thing. Yeah, you came to Orlando with us, right? We, we was yeah, yeah. Uh, Danny Brakes, uh, Special A, hanging out with DJ Icy from from Florida, yeah. From Orlando. Yeah, good time. Yeah, I can remember. I can remember jumping around with that SH101 round round. With, Around my shoulders, pretending to play a riff and not, not even plugged in. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Those but that was funny. As I said, but we got put, we got a really good sound out of that studio, and I can remember just thinking, "Oh, I'm going to do something." And I had a, I had a bunch of samples sort of in mind. Uh, I didn't know, have a clue what I was really doing, but um, and I did, I did, and Mike was the engineer on on all of my stuff. Whether. Yeah. Um, but it was just, you know, I can do that. And and, and I had a, had a few 12s come out. Obviously, there was, the first one was, was on the subplates, which, again, which was a great idea. That doing the double 10-inch stuff. Yeah. Uh, sub and dub, just seeing everyone was, it was, oh, got a dub plate, got a dub plate. Yeah. So that was another thing that we we sort of, I won't say pioneered. That worked. But, uh, and and as really like an EP, worked. you know, the choice of four tracks. I mean, yeah. we've been getting yeah. a lot of demand for some represses. Um, yeah, I've seen and, it. and um, I was—I don't really want to just just churn out represses and devalue yeah. people's original pressings. Repress, if we can do something yeah. like very distinctive, I was thinking mm. about the subplates. If it, yeah. I've got a concept to do the artwork on that, if you wanted to right. maybe redo the artwork for us, and we brought back all four in one mm. package. So there's yeah. like you know there's there's four tracks on each and you, you buy all four of them. Um, yeah. That to do. Would you be up for that? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot of collectors out there uh, for, yeah. for that sort of thing. I'm um, I'm sort of in a lot of sort of Facebook forums and that kind of thing. Um, and there's a lot of demand for that stuff. Even that sound. Even even that sort of trying to get back to sort of '93 '94 sound, yeah. which to me doesn't sound dated at all. Really, yeah. I mean, there's only so there's only so much you can do with an amen, but um, but at the same time, I think anything new 
no, not that you'd call it retro, anything new that still sounds like it could have been played when you're sort of in a field in your in your late twenties, early thirties. And nostalgia is a powerful thing, you know. And with yeah. especially with music. Yeah. So so I, th I definitely think that there's a there's a call for for that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. Whether it's the music or the image as well, it all goes together to me. Yeah, um, I mean, we, I've had um, people on the page, you know, because I, I think the opportunity within the COVID situation and lockdown um, is that it's allowed me some time to um, engage with the social media for Suburban Base, and, and yeah. obviously I've had I've got so many other businesses I've been running over the years. And I, mm. I didn't ever want to just bring suburban bass back half-heartedly, and it's only yeah. if I was going to do it, do it properly, yeah. doing it justice. You know what I mean, Dave? I mean, we, yeah, it's yeah. iconic to us and the people that were into it. And this yeah, this has given me the opportunity to spend that time. And mm. some of the engagement we're getting is like 14, 15 year old junglists. You know, maybe they're yeah. dads were ravers, oh. and like there's there's yeah. a new breed of fans as well. You know, yeah, and they yeah. love your artwork and they love the sound, you know. Yeah. So we're catering to everyone, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I still get, I, I still get people will message me out of the blue. I used to copy your stuff when I was at college or at school. Yeah, I used to copy your logos or copy your sleeves, and I'm like, all right, okay, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's quite humbling, but at we, the we, same time, you you know, you you, you at least left a mark if that's the word so that's it great it has i mean as i said i won't i won't i was never a hardcore graffiti artist i wasn't like goldie level um but the whole point of graffiti was to get your name out there and i think did certainly that. with sub did I that did that but you like i mean, mean who, who else can you name of i mean you really your Iconic, you know, your sleeves are iconic, you're iconic. There's, there's Junior Tomlinson and Dave yeah. Knox from that early rave scene. Jazz, Jazz, a genocide too, as well. Yeah, but I don't think I, he was I, I, I recently, actually. He wasn't we, as we, prolific we, as you. Didn't, yeah, didn't have as many, I mean, you know? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd always sort of wanted to, I spoke to him about a month ago. We was going to be doing something, but he's very busy. He's got, a, you know, like full-time job and he's kind of kept at it, whereas I... I wouldn't say fell off, but I didn't really, I, I was out of the loop, you know. Obviously, with, with the, the situation over the past couple of months, it has kind of, uh, I wouldn't say forced, but encouraged people to either take up a hobby or or, or fill your time in, in a good way. And I'd, I'd got a lot of people sort of around my age gr uh, group that have been telling me to, you know, get back, you know, get, yeah, you know, there's still a call for that kind of stuff. There's still people that are into your gear, and I'm like, uh, you know, it's like a confidence thing, really. I was like, oh no, I haven't got it anymore, you know, or uh, no one's into interested in all that, and and I've been totally proved wrong. So thankfully, uh, with these shirts, uh, it's going to inspire me to do some more stuff because it's definitely something that I miss greatly. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, uh, next year will be 30 years anniversary. So, so we should probably years. do some sort of thirty-year anniversary package or something, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw the twenty-five, um, the, the the thing, the, the stuff you put out before, which looked great, and that seemed to go well. So, yeah. Uh, and as long as as long as there's people that are still into it and there's still a call for it, then yeah. then 
no, I don't mind. I don't mind. It's 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 a it's a godsend to if anything to still yeah. be needed. <laughs> needed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the, the way people talk talk about you on the the Facebook um, and and the Instagram, you know, it's just there are there are fans of sub bass, but there are specifically you know nods fans as well. Your artwork, yeah. I mean, it's just uh, and and um, people people getting inked for life. Sub bass yeah, logos, know. your oh, your dear. characters. Yeah. How does that feel? Well, that's weird. <laughs> It's great. It's, it's as I said, it's um, it's humbling. I mean, when t I can remember, we used to get I used to get a lot a lot of sort of uh, fan mail coming into the shop mm -hmm. from people all over the world. Because once we started putting those merchandise sheets in every uh, every release, it was coming from everywhere, wasn't it? If we had the address on there, like, yeah. 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 We, we, we used to get letters. You you used to be the guy that opened all the fan mail for the because oh, we had to find yeah. more work for you to do, Dave. Because I, I, <laughs> no. a lot of people don't realise you, you weren't you weren't yeah. a freelancer. You actually was no. part of Suburban Base and worked there yeah. Monday Friday, and you had yeah. a desk in the corner. And I think people yeah. don't realise that. If maybe you was like freelance, or whatever, because you only yeah. you really only did stuff for Suburban Base until like the late later years. You did some other stuff. And that's what yeah, I did some compilation albums for other people and yeah. that. Um, I never, I, I never wanted to um, replicate that style. It was yeah. like no, it was, it was, it was always associated with that. But then we had to yeah. find other work for you. So you was like, you was like, yeah. you opened the fan mail, and we used to get a lot. It was like handwritten letters back then. No email, yeah. no like you know, no yeah. DMs. All over the world as well. Yeah. To get them from sort of wherever we'd export, all over Europe, the States, obviously. Yeah. Uh, New Zealand. I remember a guy used to write to us, and it was all like um, you'd get like <laughs> like a, a bit of sort of scrap paper out of someone's rough book at school, and it'd have loads of SBs drawn all over. Yeah. Yeah. Which was great. Yeah. Great. I mean, I, I remember a few times, good few times, we'd get letters from. From guys in bang up you know in in prison saying that yeah. like, you know how much we'd yeah you know inspired them to, to like straighten themselves out and they're seeing us as like young kids doing something positive and stuff like that and you know we kept them straight and all that kind of stuff like that was pretty powerful i remember a couple of times we read letters like that and we're like wow do you know what i mean it's yeah we're yeah. inspiring people and and they you know yeah. getting their life right you know that's that's yeah. nice you know that you don't realise how much some things mean to other people. Like nowadays, it was a couple of weeks ago, I was um, I was I was selling a load of vinyl, and um, just sort of old doubles and stuff, and I had people asking me to sign sign it, and I'm thinking, okay, if that's a big deal, then I'll do that. But <laughs> it's weird, ask someone's asking for your autograph on a on a you know a plain mailer. <laughs> Dave, it's so nice. Uh, speaking to you again after so long, catching up on those things. I know a lot of no. people that follow the page are going to be very excited and seeing some mm. of that artwork and, and, and some new stuff coming from you. Um, I yeah. Think I think it's exciting. Can we expect some music as well, maybe? Yep. Um, um, should be doing some stuff. Uh, I've just invested in some equipment. Let's call it a studio. Um, so going to be hopefully doing some noise of art stuff as well. Don't know what sort of flavour yet. It might be some sort of housey thing, or maybe some techno-y thing. Um, but it's just just kind of up in the air, still learning. Um, but yeah, hopefully be able to get yeah. something out. Definitely. 
Sounds good. Yeah. Mate, yeah. thank you so much. It's your birthday today. Go and enjoy your birthday. Many happy returns. And, thank you very um, much. I'm sure all the sub base followers and friends, uh, you know, uh, agree with that sentiment. Happy birthday, mate. Thank you so Thanks, much man. for everything you've done for us and for the scene. <laughs> Our call will never die. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> See you later, mate. Take care, yeah. Thanks for listening to the Bass Impact Podcast. Please subscribe for more episodes and follow Suburban Bass Records on our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube for updates and additional content. Thanks for your support. Tune in next time and stay safe. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.